Baseball season is right around the corner and Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman will serve as your guides to the good, the bad, and the utterly bizarre corners of the baseball world on Baseball Barbecue. In the run-up to the season, they'll dive into the rabbit hole on some of their favorite fascinations from the home run derby to baseball brawls and more. Once the MLB season returns, they'll break down the latest news and developments with their trademark wit and irreverence. Check out Baseball Barbecue on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. And for real one, Slogan Murdoch here, Roger Bell. Before we get to our guest, Darius Miles, Knuckleheads, I want to do a quick topper on LaMarcus Aldridge, who has suddenly retired from basketball in the Brooklyn Nets after a regular heartbeat during an NBA game. I'm so glad that he got he got this news early because this it sucks for the game, but I am most importantly, it's his health, Raja. And I want to make sure that he is good, full stop. But it is hurtful to see, man, so sudden, because you want to see players leave on their own terms. LaMarcus not going to be able to do that. What's your instant reaction on that one, man? Um, glad he's healthy. It's my in, in, in initial reaction. Glad nothing worse happened. They were able to find out in the way that they did, and it wasn't catastrophic. Um, again, after after you get through that, you know, you can then allow yourself to maybe think about, you know, damn, that sucks. Like, he was on a team that could have potentially won a chip. He doesn't have one yet. Um, you know, what that means for Brooklyn in terms of their depth and stuff like that. But that's all after, um, you know, the thought of glad that he's he's healthy. They caught it when they did. And then I'm with you. It always, it always stinks. You want to go out on your own terms. And, you know, it's one of the things that sometimes you can control, sometimes you can't. And that, it just sucks that he, you know, it was taken away from him this way. But I am glad he's okay. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he's 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 okay. And it's just another thing that we see with these, you know, with these hearts, you know, especially with, you know, we saw Karis Levert earlier this year with a, a bit of an ailment. They found it early. He's still able to play, you know, but it's just it's it's kind of rough. I think that we had that same thing with um, you know, 
with uh, Chris Bosh ended his career like this too as well. Um, it's hard to see, but it's kind of bittersweet, man. It's cool because they're able to be healthy, but it's also like, you know, you know, we're missing somebody in, in LaMarcus and we don't get to see him play anymore. And he was a, a really, really effective player. Really, really good player. Um, it just puts, you know, it puts things in perspective. There are times when, you know, things just kind of get in, put in perspective for you, right? Like, and we're all humans. We start to lose it. I mean, I do, you know, from day to day, you say you're going to take, you know, things into account and, and really put them in perspective. And as time goes by, you lose it. Um, and this is just one of those times where like, you know, basketball is great and the NBA is phenomenal and there are real fans out there that eat, sleep, breathe basketball. But at the end of the day, it is just a game. Um, and they're bigger and more important things. For sure. Um, now, what this does for... Uh, I, it's so wild to be able to make this transition because I do want to make respect to LaMarcus, man. We are with you, bro. Like, this isn't... This is something that sucks, and I want to give respect to that. Um, now, in the transitioning, I don't know. What what does this do for Brooklyn, man? Because this was their guy. They lost out on Drummond. This was the, the big piece, the front court piece that they needed that they've always been missing this whole season. This season has just been out of whack for in a lot of ways for Brooklyn. Um, not to say that they're not still going to win a chip, but I think it's been out of whack for Brooklyn, but also out of whack for the league at large. What does this do for Brooklyn, man? Uh, well, I mean, Nicholas Claxton, um, DeAndre, you know, Jordan, um, it puts them right in the, you know, more so probably Nicholas Claxton as a young player who's been playing well, has had some really solid minutes. Like, you got you got to grow up quick, youngin. You know, yep. and, you know, his father's from from the Virgin Islands, too. I played on the Virgin Islands national team, so I got a little backstory, but or a little background with him. But that's what it does, because, you know, that's a body when you get into the playoffs, uh, particularly late in the playoffs, you need experience. You need guys who have been on that stage. You need guys who you can trust in those moments. We've talked about this before, not just offensively, but defensively. Trust them to be able to execute, and not fall asleep on the game plan. Um, and typically, you know. That comes with some maturity and 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 younger players aren't ready to step in and fill that role all the time. So that's what it does. They're going to be leaner. Um, you know, it takes away a body, but Nicholas Claxton, like these minutes are for you, Bubble. What you going to do? Yeah, yeah. We're going to see what happens. And it's one thing to be a young dude in a regular season, but quite another thing to be a younger guy without experience in the postseason because it's a totally different game. Sure. So we'll see what happens. Uh, are they still wanting, are they still your pick to win it all? Um, yeah, I did I say they were my pick to win it all? I don't know that I said that. Did I say that? Are they a pick? Because I think they're, my pick is still the pick. Lakers. They are a yeah. pick, but I a healthy Laker team with with Drummond, um, AD and LeBron. I, it's gonna be hard for me to pick against them. Can I just beef real quick? I know we're not supposed to do this on the topper. Last night, are you night, telling I, them why you're mad? Are we telling them why you're mad? I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad, son. Let me tell you why I'm, I'm, mad. I'm mad. Let me tell okay. you why I'm mad, son. Um, I sit down last night, took both my sons to football, like preseason conditioning. I know I'm gonna miss the start of the Brooklyn Sixers game. I'm okay. Let me hit record because I remembered it was on. It's on at seven. Come home, take a shower, get myself, you know, a plate and a glass of wine. Every the house is quiet. I'm about to watch a banger. And ain't nobody playing in the damn game. <laughs> no one was playing in the game. Like I rarely do this, but I found I was beefing last night. Like, damn, dog. Like I I sat down to watch this game. I wanted to see both teams as close to full force as they could be, and no one was playing. That makes sense. Well, it's the it's the it's the it's the conundrum that we face as you know, especially during this season, where you want to see guys play, but you also want to see guys healthy. 
And I think there was a there was an ESPN article that just came out. I think Baxter Holmes wrote it about how people are how GMs and front office people are really concerned with their players right now and injuries because of playing in a bubble then coming back stuff that me and you have all have talked about. We were already on on the same page with this and trying to start a season too soon because of money and what the the ramifications are going to be of that. We just saw a guy like Jamal Murray done for the season ACL. We just saw um, we're seeing Kevin Durant try to come back from an injury. We're seeing that with LeBron. We're seeing with AD. All these guys are getting injured, and a lot of that has to do with the turnaround, man. And so I, I do feel that yeah, man, it fucking sucks that you can't watch a, a team play um, in a marquee message. But also, man, you want to see these guys healthy when throughout the whole time. So I do get that. I don't know what to do in this, Raja. I don't know what to do. I don't have the answer either, man. And I'm not ultimately mad that people are getting rest so that they, you know, and if you're injured, you're injured. It just, it it was one of the first times where, like, I rarely get in fan mode, but I did, mm-hmm. you know, because we had been talking Brooklyn the other day and, yeah. you know, Joel Embiid's back. And I'm like, okay, this is one that, that as, yeah. you know, you know, a, a grizzled vet who doesn't love watching the game all the time, just like the bad games, I, I'll sit down and watch. And I was... I felt weird. Like national, t- you got you guys got to figure something out. NBA's got to figure something out with nationally televised games, man. Yeah. Especially the marquee games when you're getting the matchup that that's that's been forecasted all season long to be a big one. They got to figure something out with that. Yeah, man, definitely. We'll we'll figure that thing out. Another couple storylines. Um, Luca hit a shot last night. It was pretty. That was that was that was nice, man. It looked like a bit of a fluka shot because <laughs> it was off balance. How's yes. that go? Um, yes, we're good. They're right. telling him to be the logo and things like that. I just he's want to tough. tell everybody to relax. Oh, he's tough, but everybody, he's tough, let's just man. relax for a little bit. Let's just relax. Let's relax. Logo? Who said logo? Uh, you don't be on Twitter like that. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a big contingent of... Uh, really? Of NBA Twitter on the logo. And I'm just like, yeah, let's just relax. Let's calm Wait down. Wait a minute. Let's just like, was it a poll and he got love with a bunch of other players? Or are people really out there lobbying for this man to be low? No disrespect to Lucas. Sorry, Lucas. Just that, just that little, that, 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 that shot off balance should be the new logo. And I'm just like, let's relax. Let's relax. Oh, you know how many mofos got a cool-ass silhouette of them doing something that could be, that, that, that have more? <sighs> just, Let me just stop. I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill. I'm going to bring it down. Let's just, let's just calm down. I just want to say, it's, 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 it's like, let's just, it was a great shot. Let's just calm that. Phenomenal calm shot. And the, boy, and the boy is nice. Like, he's, there's no question. He's nice. One other thing is I want to say is Steph Curry is out here balling, bro. Mm. He's fucking balling, and he's on a different level right now. And I just need the the I need the Warriors to fucking figure it out because he deserves to be playing for championships right now. And the rest of his team is just not good, and he's just out here going hard to win games. I just need I just need the Warriors to get it together and make a contender again because I love watching Steph play, but it's waxing Steph play when there's really nothing to play for. So that's all I would have to say. Enough said. All right, now before we get to Darius, I just want to give some housekeeping things. Monday will be mailback Monday. We will be answering your questions on the voice memo. Sasha is getting work, working on that right now. We're getting your voice memos on on the phone number, which is 510-469-0294. And then you can also send voice memos or written emails to our real ones mailbag at gmail.com. We're looking forward to all this. Sasha says that the mailbags have been through the roof. It's just, there's been so much going on. We're ready, to, we're ready to hear from the real ones all around the world. So, yes, we are, we are ready to um, to get all your questions and things like that. Tell us why you mad, son. And we want to hear some mad hoopers out there, man. So lock in.
And uh, here's Darius Miles. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. What's poppin'? Real ones, Logan Murdoch here with Raja Bell. Raja, we have a really special guest. Go ahead and introduce him. Go ahead. Yes, we do. We have one, the 2000 NBA third pick in the NBA draft. At the time, the highest high school player to ever be drafted. Um, Darius Miles. What's up, baby? What's up, Zee? How you doing? How you doing? Well, I'm I always start the pod off on my ass. I want to know. How fucking hot was Miami Senior High's gym in the open runs, like, in the late 2000s? How hot was that? Crazy. Like, crazy. Like, uh, Glenn Rice, guys like that. That used to be – it used to go down up in there. It used to go like, down. And and the heat index was, like, 250 degrees. Oh, yeah, yeah. Slaves in there, but, you know, that's the grind. <laughs> you you always want that. It kept your, your limbs loose right. when you got up in there. <laughs> But yeah, Man. like that was the hottest runs when you go to different cities and you looking for that one. That was one of the ones you looking for. That's what's up. Sheesh. How you hoop like that in hot, like hot weather like that? You know how, you know, Raj, I'm soft. I'm from California. I don't know nothing about that. What, what's it like in the Florida heat during the summertime like that, man? Like you grow up on that. Like, like, well, you know, in Midwest, you get all the, the elements, but mm-hmm. you know, in that summertime, it'd be desert hot. And I was used to just playing out like that. But when you go in there and you go in the gyms like that, that's like, it makes you feel like you, you really getting in shape. You sweating from head to toe mm-hmm. and you in there really getting it. So them type of gyms is the best gyms. Like the cold gyms, it's like you got to slowly get it. Roger know when you was going to them, them arenas and stuff and sometimes that ice be up under there. You go in there, you like, ooh, I got to warm this this old thing up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but when you go in the gyms like that, it feel like you already loose, mm-hmm. you know? So... That's why you look for that. Logan, mm-hmm. let me paint a picture of this gym. This gym, you remember okay. the movie? Like, you're probably too young. It was a movie called Porky's, like, and Porky's Revenge and all of those movies. So yeah. that was the high school. Um, the gym was, like, untouched from those movies that were, I don't mm-hmm. know, in the 60s. So this bad boy had no, it had no AC ever running. Like, the the when you went into, like, the restrooms and shit, it was rusted out. It was just, but... Cats like it was home. That's where it, that's where it went. You know, that's where it went down. It gave you a feeling of like, you know, you don't need no high tech Ivan Drago type of shit. Like you could just get in, get some peeps, and get to banging. Mm. Yeah, it, and it oozed, it oozed with with history. Yeah, mm. you can tell as soon as you step foot in there, it's nothing but history up in here. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's. Them type of gyms is where real ballers want to go to and hoop at. Mm. Who was hooping in these in these runs, D Miles? Like I say, like the uh, the few times I get in there, I, I I was messed up with the ones I remember the most. I was messed up with Glenn Rice. Okay, and you know Glenn ain't finna be out there playing no D, <laughs> but he definitely finna be he definitely finna be out there trying to bust whoever has guarding them. So you know, just a challenge of that. This is an all star. You know, guy put up numbers in the league like. That was one of the biggest matchups I remember in there. Glenn Rice, um, so he raised me. He was my, like, you know, even before I went to college, I would hop in runs at University of Miami back before they really got popping at, at, 
at Miami High. And I would be the young kid they put on the court. And Glenn would be like, if you ain't going to shoot it, get off. You know, like kind of raising me like, bro, if you ain't going to shoot the ball, get off the court. And so, you know, he brought me along and those were kind of my, so post career, like I'm playing in a men's league down in downtown Miami against Glenn. And we, and now Glenn, like D miles would know this. Glenn is not for the shits, Logan. Like he is quick to pop off. So we're, we're getting at it. Men's league, friendly shit. I did something that offended Glenn. Dog, he wanted to fight me like in the middle of a men's league at 40 years old. I'm 37. He's 40 and he's squaring up. I'm like, gee, it's not even like that, bro. I'm just trying to get a little sweat. But he was <laughs> what, what did you do? Off. What did you, how did you offend him? I don't remember, bro. Like I might, you know, like I, maybe I fouled him or pushed him or I, I, just something that offended him. And it was about, we were about to go down and I was like, Glenn, dog, this is me. I'm not, this me. Look at me, man. Look at my, this is me. I'm not going to fight you in here right now. This is not going down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd it be like that when it comes to that bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Before we get, get to the shits, I want to, you know, pay some tribute to the Knuckleheads podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And I want to, by doing that, I want to ask you a real question that you guys ask everybody. D Miles, who was the first person to bust your ass? <laughs> Shit. Chris Webber. <laughs> Chris Webber fucked me up. Like I felt defeated after that game. What, like, what happened? What was the what was the play where you're like where it was he was jump hooking me. It really wasn't like he was doing something crazy special. He was just boom boom jump hook. Mm -hmm. Boom boom pump fake jump hook. Boom boom fake spin jump hook. It was just but then I'm athletic, little energy, mm -hmm. trying to move and stuff. I'm trying to time. You're it. going yeah. for all of that. Get it. I'm, I'm, but he's giving it to me. And then, you know, the look, the little slight coming off the screen with Bibby and popping at the top of the key for the jumper. Mm. He just milked me. When I looked up, it was like 38. And it felt like it was all on me. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That, we always talk about, like, even in the league, people, it's not that they do anything you've never seen before. It's just that they're so effective in what they do on the court. Is, is that Was that what Webb was doing? It was like you kind of, it wasn't like crazy moves. It was just effective and and. Fundamentals. Yeah, it, it be them games. Yeah. It be them games. It, it be them games. Like, you know, sometimes you in the game and this dude is just on one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then if you're a defender, you know, Roger, I know he's a defender. If you're a defender, it's about getting the last stop. Yeah. Fuck all the points he got. He right. can have 42, but if I stop, if I block him or deflect the ball at the end of the game for him to win it, yeah. I won that. Yeah. It might look at it, look like that on Sports Center. But real ballers know who won that game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's when they get to that. And, you know, you got to make it tough. You got to play the chess match all game with him, even though he got 42. Mm -hmm. Right. Man, I made him shoot jumpers all first half. I'm making his ass drive all next half. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to play the game with him. And it's about that last one, no matter how many points he got. Yeah. Um, like, so when I went to college, it's the only thing I could really draw on. It, it was such a... Well, it was hard for me in the league too, but making that adjustment to seeing a skill level that just didn't exist where I was coming from. And you made an even bigger leap going straight from college, I mean, straight from high school to the pros. You talk about C-Web. I have to imagine, you know, there was a lot of what was going on in front of you that you were learning on the fly. You can practice as much as you want, but until you see it in a live game scenario, like you don't know. How 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 difficult was that for you? How prepared were you? Um how long did it take you to really say, okay, I understand like what's going on. I'm speaking this language now. Like I, uh, I always play with older cats and would always, I was taught at an early age with, with older cats and playing with, with like pros at a, at a early age is 
when you on the court or if they pick you or if they have you on your team, you can't fuck up. Right. You got to do all your pluses and all to do that. So I knew when I got to the league, I was great at playing defense. You know, I know I, I'm 6'9 with speed and I know my transition game in the transition, I'm, I'm unstoppable. Like my field goal percent, I'm not going to take no shots that I don't do or nothing like that. So I knew my defense would work for me. My offense took a minute. Okay. To catch up to what was going on. How can I be more effective outside of just transitioning, dunking on breaks, and how can I be effective in the half court? So that was the biggest thing for me to adjust to. What was it like to, you know, you talk about the on-court adjustment, but you a kid from East St. Louis who gets dropped into L.A. right out of high school, and not like the Lakers with a bit more structure and things like that. You on the Clippers and of another yeah. era. We talked to uh, Q Rich about this a few weeks ago, but what was it like for you to get dropped in? I don't have you had you ever been in LA before? And no, I ain't never been to LA. What was that like then to see all of that? <laughs> that was that was crazy. It was it was a great transition to have it with people I knew like Q Lamar. I seen El all these guys was in the you know the AAU ranks. You know we all like a, a year or two ahead of each other. Keon, Corey, I kind of knew these guys, but me and Q was real close because we played together. That was a good transition to have them there, but now the transition of having veterans and, and you know, you're eating right what you actually supposed to do. They telling us about a rookie wall and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I, it was, man, late in that season, I ain't never played 82 games. <laughs> and I played a lot of basketball when I was in high school and stuff like that. And you think you play a lot because you go to the gym and you might fuck off a little bit. But we're talking about 82 games. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Veterans would have adjusted to it and so forth. Um, Do you remember? So we had the other half of the Knuckleheads pod, Q Rich, on. What was that, about a month ago, Logan? About a month ago, yeah. So he told a story about you all getting in a car driving around Los Angeles. I don't know. He said y'all were just exploring, but you were ultimately trying to get somewhere and fucked around and round up in the wrong spot. And mm -hmm. do you remember that? You remember that? And they yeah, ultimately recognized that. you and told y'all, hey, they recognized don't, me. What don't, happened? Yeah. Don't come back here, right? <laughs> yeah, they were like, don't go there. We, What's I the full story? What's the full story? Where y'all trying to go? Where y'all, what wrong turn do y'all make? <laughs> we just got some rental. We just got a rental and we just driving, just swinging through and like, we we hood we never been to LA. We hood cats and like when we first get to LA, you know, LA guys got a we got a country slang us. Some LA guys got a, like a proper, we'll say from where we from, like a proper or articulate type tone. So we be like, man, these guys ain't, you know what I'm saying? So we riding just anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And we wind up seeing the projects and we was just finna, you know, like at any at the crib, just ride through. Yep. <laughs> the projects. Like, go and see where our people at. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Did y'all get stopped? Like, what happened? What yeah, they stopped us. Oh, you don't supposed to, like, you going too far. You don't supposed to go down there. Turn this around right here. I'm like, I'm going to pull down. They like, nah, right here. <laughs> like, Bro, so wait, what, did they see you in the car? Like, how, what's the moment? Because I know, you know, we've all been in, in yeah, a jam right there. Yeah, they looking all in the car. It wasn't like a, it wasn't. It wasn't no 10 or nothing? Nah, it's it's a rental. It's yeah. like a little small rental. It's two big, stupid big dude. We dressed in like girls, you know what I'm saying? That we got, you know, hoop girl. And, you know, the draft just happened. We just we just getting down there and 
you know, my face and Q face is kind of all on the, the news and stuff. Oh, yeah. but I guess that's how he recognized me. So, because people didn't really know me. I played in the McDonald's game. That was my first national TV game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't think people know me like that, but dude recognized me, which is good, and got up out of there. Yeah, that's I mean, good. that could have went another way. Yeah, we all know good. that could have went another way. <laughs> Definitely could have. Like, we, we realized that we just couldn't just go anywhere in L.A. Like, you had to respect the turf that you was at. Yeah. Also, and L.A. Cool. can be confusing sometimes because you think it's you think it ain't the hood, and sometimes it is. Like, you be thinking this exactly. is like, like a, a manicured lawns, it's houses, but, like, you yeah, still could see, be in the wrong like neighborhood. From. Yeah. yeah, like, this whole area is hood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm from. But in L.A. and certain places, like, they two blocks away from – Million dollar house is good neighborhood. Two blocks over, it's like guys on the street doing their thing. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. D Miles, when you're when you're in this situation and you have these things going on, wh- what is it like to be an 18 year old in Los Angeles? Did you see? Because you're juxtaposing this with the Lakers, who you know a younger kid like Kobe and has a bit more infrastructure, yeah. like a Rick Fox and like a Robert Ory. Did you ever see that other side and be like, damn, like it's cool to be with my partners, but I feel like I need a little bit more better in leadership. I wish I had a bit more structure like that. Or were you all just 18 year olds just wilding? Yeah, we was wilding. We really weren't. You know, we weren't looking for the, We needed it. Like, we needed a veteran leadership because we, we had a few veterans because you got to realize we had all these guys, which was 21 and older. It's six of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 21 and older. I mean, 21 and younger. Just imagine if they would have spent some money and went and got Tracy McGrady or any of these big time guys to, and just put a part in because none of us was making no money. Right. They had all the money. Did nobody have a big contract. Everybody was on like rookie deals. We was the youngest team ever. This was never done. We felt like a college team playing NBA team. That's why we went so hard at everybody. Like we just coming here. Y'all gonna have to kick our ass because <laughs> you know we happy to be here. Yeah. You know, and we trying to prove to everybody in the league that we can play on this level because we don't got the veteran players that can carry us. And take it to the park. Our veteran was Lamar. He, this is his second year. Yeah. When we got there. Yeah. <laughs> and and I always love LA Clip Lamar over LA Lake hey, Lamar. Hey, hey, LA Clip yeah. Lamar used to bust uh, ass. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> How was that with y'all when he when he bounced to the other side? I left when he left. Okay. They traded me when he left. They was uh they was expecting to keep him and shit. He got out of there and went to Miami. But they traded me for Andre Miller. Oh, see, yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, we needed okay. a point guard because they didn't sign. Yeah, they didn't sign Jeff McGinnis back. We needed a point guard, a veteran. Like I say, we needed some type of veteran. And remember, Andre Miller was on the worst team in the NBA, leading the league in scoring. Yeah, he played for Cleveland. He was leading the league. I mean, leading the league in assists. I mean, I ain't mean scoring, but leading the league in assists on the worst team in the NBA. So they brought him over there for me. At what point did you feel like they gave up on y'all? Because it's a very short window, right? Like it's a very you guys are you guys have a good season, you guys show potential, but again, you guys don't have that veteran leadership. And also, the organization yeah. is what it is. What what was it like? When did you feel like they gave up on this experiment? I don't know. I think uh, Lamar Lamar was having a you know the, a problem with the uh, with the drug program, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was two years in a row that he had it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So then it, I was the value. I was the most valued person outside of Lamar on our team. Anybody asking for anybody on the Clippers, they was asking for me first mm-hmm. and wouldn't window for nobody else. No, no disrespect to nobody else, but they wouldn't window for nobody else. So it was either 
Lamar go or this go, but they wanted Lamar because yeah. Lamar was a good player. You know, he was doing his thing. He was leading the team. He was he was a beast when he we used to give him the rock all the time. Hey, sometimes on young teams like that, when everybody's um kind of in the same stage of their career, mm-hmm. there there can be a little friction, right? Because you know, cats, everybody's yeah. trying to eat, everybody's trying to make a name. Um, but then yeah. on the flip side, you're all brothers, you're all coming up together, you know each other. Yeah. What was that experience like? Did you all? Was there any kind of friction over that, or was it pretty, hey, everybody could eat, you guys were good? No, it wasn't friction. The friction, if anybody had a problem, it was more towards the coaching staff. Mm. Okay. It went towards us personally. Right. Like, we were so competitive. Y'all would think we didn't like each other, how hard we used to go in practice and, and go up. But after that, we used to be with each other every day, all day, all us. Like, not one of them over here. Like, all us used to be together, eating everywhere we go. But then if somebody didn't play, because, you know, we came up in that area, if you getting your ass busting in, in practice, you probably ain't the one that's going to be playing. So Q used to kill Piakowski right in practice. <laughs> kill him. <laughs> you know, the, our second team was Keon, Earl Boykins, me, Magetti. Q and Sean Rooks. Mm. And we used to go against Eldon Lamar, no. uh, Jeff McGinnis, Ola Candy. We used to fuck them up every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it was just like that. But it, but when you seen us on the bench or you seen us in the game, it was like we we rooting for each other, whether any of us play or not. Yeah. And that's what was so dope about none of us ever had a argument. Like I don't remember a time of fighting or none of that when it came amongst us. Yeah. What was it like kicking it off the court for you guys? I mean, y'all the Clippers in L.A. Uh-huh. What was that? How was that? What, what was that vibe like? Like, my mom was out there with me. So, like, my mom used to cook. She was a cooker. Mm. So, like, everybody used to be at my house she cook? for, what like, she cook? definitely holiday. Oh, everything. <laughs> like, like anything you talk about, like, cooking. And then she started, when she got up to L.A., she started seeing more stuff and just opened up the cookbook. Mm. Start. And stuff to a weapon trial, but all the hood foods. Okay. She had all that. that some that collard greens, some red beans and rice, or yeah, something like yams, that. So, mm. Yeah, macaroni and cheese, all that. That good stuff. But all of them used to, I got all the pictures too. All of them used to come over to my house and eat all the time because she used to just cook on a regular basis. And that built camaraderie, you know what I'm saying? And then when we was on the road, we all eating together, mm-hmm. going out together. Yeah, that, that. We was doing everything together. See, that, that is interesting, right? Because typically on on uh on more well-rounded if you will teams like teams that have different ages and whatnot that's the duty of a of a vet right like i would go to eric snow's house for thanksgiving and and whatnot yeah. like aaron mckee and dikembe and allen would take us out to dinner mike finley would, yeah. would make sure you know that the young cats were were fed and taken care of and clothed properly right like you guys were really fending for self because that that's yeah. the role of a good vet you know but it's good that you yeah. had that, you know, because in the absence of having your mama out there and cooking and stuff, y'all would have been scattered to the wind. For sure. Yeah, because like, I know, because I, I really realized it once I got traded. I got traded to Cleveland and everybody wasn't as tight, you know what I'm saying, as the team, the previous team I just left. And I just made it my duty to make sure I went individually and mess with everybody on my team. Let me go out to eat. Oh, y'all over there cooking. I'm going to come over to your house and eat. Or y'all want to come over to my house? Yeah. Like, I made sure I tried to build something with a team. Because I know with teams, it don't work if you ain't messing with who you rocking with. Yeah. Because guys get out there and get funny. You be like, man, why this dude ain't kicking the ball up on the <laughs> What you mean? Side. I just gave him some greens. Kind of you know what I'm saying? I just gave him <laughs> you know some. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
<laughs> it be like that, man. Roger, no, it'd be like that. Yeah. It'd be tripping. What, what, what was it? Uh, you talked about Lamar, and we all know the career that he ended up having. I, I, I gave you the look on the Lamar thing because I grew up a Laker fan. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. Laker Lamar is, 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 is my Lamar. But um, what, <laughs> what was it? Um, I always feel with Lamar that, th- that he was a guy that probably could have been the best ever, and it was probably ahead of his time. Uh, with things that were going on. What, what was it like playing with a guy like that? And what was it like kind of seeing, you know, the things that kind of went on with him after as his career progressed? Man, hello, low. Man, I'm talking about, man, one of the best dudes I ever know. Mm-hmm. Best teammates. Like, would take the shirt off his back. Yeah. For, you know what I'm saying? Like, the pressure, like, like what I say, like, me coming in and they saying I'm this, we play the same position. It was never a problem. Like, and we just went at each other and we treated each other like brothers. Uh, to see him go to L.A., I feel like that was the best situation he needed for him, mm. for himself. Like like organizations like Miami and L.A., them were them situations that a player, a guy like L.O. from the streets that's been through a lot in his life, he needed that structure mm. like that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that was the best position. I'm happy to see you win championships so far from him. Uh, the stuff happened off the court, you know, shit, we live and we learn. Yeah. You know, people don't never know what you're going through or what it is. Mm-hmm. And you always want to be held at a a bigger light. It ain't really about the people talking about you. It's about the people who love who love you mm-hmm. that you feel like you disappoint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To most people. So with him, I'm just glad to see he back out here. Man. He back to see his face, to see him moving around, doing his own thing. And uh, hopefully, I you know, make the right decision. You know, I'm always here for him. I reach out. All the time, you know. I got pictures of his kids when they was babies, babies. <laughs> yeah. Like, so you know, he's gonna be a brother for life, and I'm just glad he he he's back out here and he's he's looking good. Yeah. I hope he don't fight though. I don't want him boxing. Like, don't <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. He's, yeah, don't leave do that alone. Bag time. Time to pay the bills. We'll be back. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident. It was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. What's the uh, difference between, you talked about, uh, you know, being in, LO being in a, a well-run organization versus like a maybe not well-run organization within the Clippers. Like, what's the difference between that? No, we talk about this all the time on the pod. What's the difference between a well-run organization with structure and one like the Clippers and maybe some of the other teams that you play for who don't necessarily have that? Like, we was in 2000. We got drafted in 2000. Everywhere we went, everybody at least had a practice facility. Oh, yeah. Or somewhere they was practicing. When we got to the league, we was in a junior college. 
Where y'all practice like, at? We practice at the at, at Southwest College. That's like, oh my god, Southwest yeah, Junior College. Two blocks from you know the hood and all that stuff, and like we practiced there for like the first two years. We had no shower. Like we had to go home. And What's it like to be in the hood and y'all got like y'all got all these cars, y'all got all this stuff. That I'm sure the security. And we used to great. ride past the kids every morning. Yeah, going to practice. I used to drive slow. You see all the girls. You know I'm 18, so this, you know, this is my age group. Yep. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, ride past slow. I had them gold Dayton's. What kind of whip was you whipping? What was you driving there? What was you? What was you coming to practice in? I had an Escalade on gold hunting spoke, gold D's. Everybody in LA knew who it what was. Color? Country boy what color? Killer. What color was it? It was black and gold. Mm. Black trimmed and gold with them gold D's on there. Damn. So look, you left. You left. You left and went to Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was slightly. That was. That was slightly dysfunctional too, no? Like that wasn't the, the yeah. That was slightly dysfunctional, and then and then and then, and yeah, they organization wasn't ran the right way at the time either. You know, it was a lot of good people, a lot of good people, but it's like at the time, like every organization except for like Lakers and certain organization that got that that instilled in them for years. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, every every other organization had them bumps in the road where they go them years that shit get slow. Yeah. They waste a lot of draft picks. A lot of guys that they picked, they gave up on. They went somewhere else and shine. You know what I'm saying? It's like they go through it. And I caught Cleveland and that. I got I got drafted to the worst team in the NBA. Yeah. We make something out of that motherfucker in two years. And then I get drafted. To, I get traded to the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just good. <laughs> Shit. No, what but listen, I, I, I want to know. Like, I remember getting traded. Like, I, yeah. I remember being really pissed and really, you know, salty about that because, I, but I was going from one of the better teams to Charlotte at the time that was a, that a, a not a great team, but like, what, talk to me, talk to me about the emotions of that when you got traded for y'all had built it and now you like, fuck, bro, I'm going from LA to Cleveland. Damn. Right. Was yeah, I was in yeah. Vancouver doing a movie. I was in Vancouver doing uh, the perfect score. I'm out there all summer. My agent just called me like, man, yeah, they traded you to Cleveland. I was like the worst team in the NBA. He was like, yeah. I was like, for who? They was like, Andre Miller. So Q called me after that, was pissed. Like, fuck that. They got to trade me now. I ain't finna be here in this bullshit by this, by that. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was nothing I could, could do. You know, you got to respect the game and respect what it is. And like I say, with Cleveland – they wasn't in the right place, but they drafted a bunch of guys that I knew too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I I, I know Dewine Wagner. I know I like I'm around the circuit of Carlos Booz and, and Sagana Jop and me and Ricky Davis is cool. You know, I I know these guys a little bit. Now we ain't the best of friends, but I, you know, know them from the circuit. We get down there, it's, it's John Lucas, which is one of the best coaches ever. Like a cause he's a real one. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, one of them coaches in the position that they want to lose. LeBron James coming next year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want to lose. It's, it's nothing. How'd that make y'all feel? I've never been in that. I've never been in a situation where And that's what makes you... it, made it, it made dysfunctional. I never lost a day in my life. Like, I never lost. Like, so I took pride in not losing and getting my ass kicked. That's who I, that's how I became who I became. Yeah. So when you get to the, the level that you get to and then you just, on, you see in all this losing, like, we won... What the fuck we were? We won seven, 18, 17 games out of 82, mm-hmm. maybe? That's tough. 
17, that's a lot of fucking that's music. Lot. Like, I'm talking about, man, we in four quarters. Like, damn, what we doing? Like, we going to eat? <laughs> what we going to eat at? What's... Ah. Because they didn't care. Because you know the team. Next you know, Lucas up out of there. You know, you got the interim coach. Mm-hmm. He finished the season off. And, you know, we get LeBron James. And when you get LeBron James, you got talent around. Right. It's LeBron, me, Ricky, Boozers, uh, Big Zadronis, we got Dwight Wagner coming off the bench, added a few more yeah. pieces. We was good. They didn't know what to do with it. What? <laughs> and, it was, and this is my guy, too, and I hate to say this about him. I always be saying that. I hate to say that Paul Silas is my guy. Mm-hmm. I love Paul Silas just because he's a real one, too. But he didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. He had. I started off at Point. <laughs> I remember Spreewell, I remember Spreewell stripped me. Man, Spreewell stripped me. He was the Knicks. No, he was with Minnesota. Spreewell stripped me at half court because I'm doing the point guard shit. Yep. Spinning, spinning. He didn't. Uh, he put that bitch on his name like he was at Golden State. Like, uh, man, I was so pissed. <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck am I the point guard? Why we ain't letting LeBron be the point guard? Yeah. Right. But they were scared to put it in his hands that early. So we talked, you brought up LeBron and. I want to just rewind really quickly. You, I'm sure you're going into Cleveland uh, like a dude that's like, okay, this is my time to, this is my time to reach my potential. You know, this is somewhere yeah. where I'm trading. This is where, okay, now it's time to average yeah. 20, average all these points, and now I'm about to be the all-star yeah. that I'm supposed to be, right? And yeah. so there's this, there's, I, you know the video, there's this video that comes out of, that came out and back, and there's you, Boozer, and it's like, what? Are, how are the Cleveland Cavaliers going to prepare for LeBron James, Right. Yeah. And there's you and his boozer, and you guys are gonna be. It do sound like y'all talking about LeBron. He could fit in and be a role player at some point, right? Well, you know, it do they fit make it look like that. It, it did. I'm just saying that's what it looked like. Okay, yes, but yeah. Um, even if that was the case, I could. Were you in that mindset? We're like, no, nah, it's time for me to 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 be an all star. It's time for me to do these things. And then LeBron comes. What was the? What was? Tell me about the video and what was the true intent of the video when you guys were interviewed for that? I played for the Cavs. Yeah, I played for the Cavs. Yeah. I went to damn near every LeBron James game this senior year. They would. I'm in the stands holding up the the fucking LeBron James sign. Mm-hmm. I'm at his things. I went over his house for Thanksgiving and had dinner. I know, dude. I go and hoop with him at St. Vince. I know, dude. Mm-hmm. If anybody want him to come here, it's me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, they they put it out there like that and so forth on, and it's cool. Like LeBron is a good dude. Always been a good dude. Always been my guy. Never act funny towards me. Every time I see him, he acts about me, my mom, in the same way I do with him. Yeah. So even when I see that clip or if anybody just even got it misconstrued, they got a trading card, upper deck card, that says, with a quote from me saying that, oh, LeBron James is going to be the next Magic Johnson. But they don't never show that motherfucker. (laughs) 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 But, you know, with him, it's like, Anybody, they want controversy and they want all that extra stuff, but real ones, no. I don't got to sit here and fly to those, be saying it. What, when did y'all, like, in those, in the runs in Akron, when when did, when did you know that that was, that that was something different? Like, oh, I can tell you that. I went to, I remember the first run. I went down there, you know, and uh, when I went there, you know, they give me the guys, you go in the gym, they give me the little side guys, and you know, they keep they little crew. Right. They they crew, they they high school team, they they went to state, damn near four years in a row, one, three of them. Like, 
they really know how to play with each other and play. So, you know, I get the rest of the guys, you know, they play on my team. I'm going LeBron. I'm going at him. He, he, he ain't really stopping me or nothing like that, but it was something about him, just the way he played, the way they played, and how he orchestrated. And then it was like the last game we was playing, and he was at the top of the key, and he tried to pull me back. And I got all up on it. I, I'm on it. He shot the three. I put my, I passed him. I put my hand on the ball. He adjusted. Cash. And it went in for game. I said, yeah. <laughs> he won them. So you knew he was different he when you, as soon as that happened? Yeah, when that, when that, that Pacific play, because my homeboy was there. Because I used to call my homeboys back home. It was like, man. It's this dude named LeBron James. He probably the best high school player I ever seen. No. No, he ain't G. No, he ain't G. He ain't better than you, G. I ain't never seen nobody better. I'm talking about arguing with my own people about me and somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah, this dude is throwing it between his legs, dunking that motherfucker. He doing everything. Yeah. And yeah, when I, he did that, I finally went to play with him, and Rich Paul introduced me to LeBron. Wasn't Rich Paul the dude with the jersey? He had the swag and stuff. He was Rich the, was he the was, dude. Yeah. This was the dude with the jersey. He used to hang out with my best friend like every day at my house down there. Okay. And he had to hook up on jerseys. Like Rich used to, you know, take me every the cool spots where everybody supposed to be. You want to go and buy your throwbacks? Go here. You want to go over here? Go here. He the one put me up on LeBron to go see him and have me at games and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, did you know even Rich Paul was going to be one of them dudes, like one of those no, connected No, but that's type? why I'm okay. proud. I'm proud of LeBron and I'm proud of him. I'm proud of how they crew, how they took care of each other, all them millionaires over there. Yeah. yeah. Like one thing I say about LeBron, I say this all the time, it's like I'm three years in the league, and when this boy walked in that gym, he was way more mature than me. Really? Like, like way more mature than me. How so? Just – just the way he carried himself, what he did. Like, I'm still wild and straight from the hood, doing ghetto hood stuff, going to spots that I'm supposed to be. I'm the third, I'm the highest pick at the time. I'm supposed to carry myself in this league the way he came in that league and carried himself. I mean, he's from the hood too, right? Like, he was from Akron too, right? Yeah, but it's it's just a it's a maturity about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm just saying, like, I still was immature. Mm. I still might throw a tantrum tantrum. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Him. He carried himself like a professional coming straight out of high school. Like I said, I'm three years in. Yeah. And he's way more mature than me. <laughs> what, what was that first game like in Sacramento for y'all? Because, I mean, we know we went to the preseason, but that that first game, everybody was watching it. Y'all did the, they did the commercial about he had to go to SAC early to do the, the Nike commercial. But there was just so much anticipation in that Kings game. What was that like for you to be just his teammate and see him going through all that? I was hyped. I was hyped for that game. I was ready to go national TV. I was hyped for him. I was hyped for the team, young team. I was hyped for us. You know, we just got the schedules out. We know we're going to be on TV a bunch of times. You know what I'm saying? It's like I just went from winning 17 out of 82 to we one of the hottest teams. So I'm happy about it. And it was one of the worst games I had. But LeBron, he put on the show, like on the show. And that's why I felt like, man, if they would have gave him the ball early. Yeah. Like Paul Siler gave him the ball. We was running like a – we was running Utah offense. Like he was like at the three, right? Wasn't Bron at the three? We, was running, we was running where, you, where you, you, your four and five is on, on, the, the, on, the, on the free throw yeah. line and all and that. And two, two wings on the – two wings, two UCLA wings, cut. It slowed me. He had me at point guard. That slowed me down so much. And it slowed all us down because it's me, LeBron, and Rick. You can't get out and do nothing in that. You can't get out and run. I can't kick a head. I got to – 
stop and set it up. I got to wait for the big bass to run all the way down and then come back to the free throw line. But y'all about to get me ripped out here. I can dribble, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the type it, they didn't know. Right. Y'all should have just been running. Y'all should have just been running Man. and gunning. Right? Like, we playing the Clippers off it because that was one thing about the Clippers that we did. Like, they used to tell me, man, get out the board, push. Yeah. You push. Don't kick it up, push. Right. We want you to push. And, you know, you got people like LeBron and all that. We would have pushed or Don Nelson was coaching their team or something like that. Yeah. Imagine what he would have did. Yeah. Me and Roger talked about this in the pre-pod meeting about you playing summer league the year before the year that LeBron came in and got drafted. You were playing summer league in Orlando. What went into that decision? Because at least Roger kind of put me up on game. Because I fuck with LeBron. Okay, all right. LeBron is my guy. <laughs> okay. I mess with him. They're my guys. Like I wasn't tripping that I was three years in the league or none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in that arrogant mode. It was like, man, y'all, yeah, I'm going. Come on. Okay. I want to rock with you. We finna play together. Yeah. So it's like get it early. Uh, yes, I had this conversation yeah, yeah. with Logan when he asked me, and I said. When, when and during that era, you could be three years in, and it wasn't offensive to go fuck around in summer league. Like yeah. for for the reasons you just spoke about, maybe you wanted to get some extra touches, get some shots up in the offense that you don't get normally in the regular season. Yeah. But nobody was offended or looked at you sideways because you were playing in summer league. Like cats now, if yeah. they ask you to play in year two, are so offended. It's not an offensive thing. It's just yeah. a work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We didn't play. I didn't play summer league my first year. Like they, they didn't make us play summer league our first year. Then the second year they asked us, and me and Q love the hoop. It's in Long Beach. Come on, let's go, let's go and rock. Yeah. We rock, have fun, right. balled out. We shooting the ball all the time, calling ourselves JoJo and Kiki Pullum. <laughs> we pull it all the time. <laughs> we out here. It, it's out here for us, so we shooting everything. Mm-hmm. So then when LeBron came, and it was this the year after. Then LeBron came. It was a no-brainer. It was like, yeah, let's rock out. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go and rock with him because, like I said, I already ro- was rocking with dude. Mm-hmm. And I ain't, I ain't take offense to it when the coach asked and I was with it. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to anyway. What may happen for you to leave then, right? Because it seems, like I said, like a nucleus. You know, what happened there? Like I said, I, I started the season off at point guard. Mm-hmm. I'm a point forward, but, you know, point forward really don't run point guard. Right. But I, I I had to start off the season at point guard, which was was totally I wasn't prepared, and I guess I wasn't being the best point guard out there or or so forth on. So he started to bench me, not to the point where he benched me, where he didn't play me. I never played in my life where a, a coach didn't play me. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I was one of the most talented guys on any team I played on. Yeah, that I deserved to play. So he benched me for Iron Noble. I remember this. He benched me for Iron Noble, and he he started. Uh, I think Jr. Bremer. They benched me, and I just lost. I wasn't in the right mind. Did you so spiral at that point? That. Did you like? Did, was yeah, you... I was still. I was still. I ain't, I was being totally unprofessional. You know, talking to folks crazy. But I'm, I'm 20 years old, 21 years old. I'm four years in the league. I still don't know. Yeah, and I don't hear any veterans at that point. <laughs> yeah, I ain't never been on the team with a, a, a fucking veteran. Yeah, and. <laughs> You know, they got me up out of there, which I was happy because I wanted to go. But then I'm going to Portland with Jeff McGinnis. I'm like, man, she Wallace, yeah. Zach Randolph. They made the playoffs 22 years in a row. Mm-hmm. I get their sheet up out of that motherfucker. And that's the in 22 years, they ain't make the playoffs. Yeah. Are you at this point? Are you <laughs> searching for like, yo, bro? Like, are, are I'm you... searching for winning. I'm searching for a winning environment. Let's get it. Like, yeah. The whole time. In Cleveland, it was contracts too, because it's like, man, like this is my third year, and y'all, 
how am I getting benched? My third, you know, it's, it's, it's time to get that bag. It's a, my fourth, it's my fourth year. It's time to get this bag. Yeah, right. Like uh, offer of some, so it's like I can't do that by sitting on the bench. Who gonna offer me a bag? Yeah. So they traded me, and I played good for Portland that half a year, and you know, that's tough. I I, I, I just. I really don't have a question, uh, but I, I say this all the time around the draft. It's so important to land in a good, stable, professional environment because it can, it doesn't, if you don't, it doesn't mean that you can't have a great career. But if you, it helps if you have that stability, if you're taught early how to be a pro, if you have people who are pros that you can model yourself after. It is really hard. I wasn't like D-Miles, I couldn't even imagine at your age. I came into the league after two years in the CBA, five years in college. So I'm probably yeah. 23 years old. I still was a jackass. Like, I still didn't know how to be a pro. I was still immature. Yeah. And it took me two more years to really settle down. And that's being around good people. So it's valuable. Like, people, you know, I always tell people when their draft stock is slipping and they might fall lower in the draft. I'm like, dog, it's going to be straight because you're going to go to a place where they're going to set you up foundationally to have some success. You might not hit right away, but you'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's real. I mean, yeah. Like, it's just like, it just seems like when I think about your career, I'm like, bro, like, D-Miles was dope. D-Miles was cold. I just feel like you just, if if they put you, like, say if you went on the Lakers instead of the Clippers to start your career, it probably would have went, do you ever think about that? It probably would have went a bit different. Yeah, I do. I think about it all the time because every team I went to, I'm, I'm catching these organizations in the the rebuild stage. Yeah. Every organization I'm going to is in the rebuild stage. Yeah. Like I say, I got to Portland. That's two teams that was the worst team. Then I get to Portland and they made the playoffs 22 years in a row. I know the history of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I know how, how close Portland got to beating the Lakers and and Clyde Drexler and Buck Williams, Kevin Duck. You know what I'm saying? I know yeah. the history of, of Portland. To get there, and I'm excited. Like, man, I'm finally finna play with some veterans. I got yeah. Damon Stoudemire, Derek Anderson, Zebo, Sheher, Ruben Patterson. Rude. I fit in perfectly. I instantly started at the three, fit in perfectly, like, right away. Yeah. Everything worked. We, and before that, she wanted to get out of there, so they was just tricking off games. I remember, like, in a two-week span or something like that, we went on, like, a 12 games. Like, we won, like, 12 out of 15 or something like that. You got traded to 04, right? Yeah, I think it was 04. Okay. 04. And then yeah. he went to the 04. Pistons like during that during that stretch. Yeah. And they won championship. And that's why I would say that about that Pistons team. I was like, man, like she went over there. You got Ben Wallace, Zebo, Tayshawn Prince, me, DA, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billings, David Stoudemire. Yeah. I was like, man, I want to play. Cause like I say, we had that stretch. Well, we played so good, and we beat teams like the Lakers, the top teams, Spurs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Went on the East Coast and and, and knocked stuff down. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm, I'm finally on. I, that two weeks, I finally felt winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she got traded. Well, and it was just like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was it like to be on a team with that stigma of, like, weed or whatever, right? Because let's be real, man. Everybody smoked weed, especially around that time. You yeah. know, you got the jailblaze. You got all yeah. these things. And... Why Why do you think that y'all were such a target towards that type of stuff? And we even talked about Lamar Odom prior in this thing about his drug stuff. But, like, if it's weed, we have such a better understanding about it right now. Why do you think y'all were just ta- targeted about what y'all did and, you know, getting getting in trouble so much on that team? Well, that, was, that was there before I even got there, but okay. I got added to it because I'm, I'm just I, – I fit the description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got yeah. added to it. But – uh 
you in a town that's it's probably 10%, 15% black. Yeah. Like you'll you'll be there for six, seven months, and only black people you might see is your teammates. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you you really ain't running into a bunch of black people. This is not this type of town. Yeah. So the only thing in this town is is this. And guys want to carry and they you know, it's that's news. There's nothing going on. The the suicide rate is higher than the murder rate, you know? Yeah. Like it it was just different out there. So I, I seen it coming and you know, we targets. You know, we got different kind of cars as everybody. Yeah. You know, I know they got something. It's like we weren't doing the most craziest. Did you things, feel like you were getting it. targeted by not only law enforcement, most but definitely. like people? Did you could you sense that when you were like even driving yeah, around and stuff? Follow you, follow you home, be sitting at the street. You know, you come down all the time. Like you be having to adjust the way you ride. <laughs> and turn the music down a little bit or something like that. Right. You had to like. like yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. Like, but but that's that's anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. That's anywhere when it's you know it's like that, but that's just what it was. But I, I'm I'm loving how they embracing, like when B Roy and them came, it was like man they started embracing. The B Roy and them came and started winning. Lamarcus Aldridge and them came in and started winning. And since then they've been embracing. You ain't heard no Jail Blazers or nothing like that because it was just like man they was in a mode. Yeah, off of somebody getting pulled over for weed or somebody getting pulled over for this or that. Like what happened for real? Yeah, I talk about some weed. It's it's legal now, so it, you look back on it and be like, man, y'all should y'all should have threw that in the dirt and kept it moving. Yeah, straight up. I, it, it always it always it always is an f- interesting case study when you talk about um, the jailblazers in particular. Like when you talk about just the stigma you you guys had. I mean, I know you came on the back end, but um, do you think that hurt? You know, like because you're trying to get a bag at that point. Do you think that that hurts? Your your stock or whatever. Not to say you were just. No, I got I got my bag because you know I came in and just and played hard and did what I needed to do. But it's hard because mm-hmm. you know, like the organization is afraid of these media outlets. You know, they don't yeah. want the. You know what I'm saying? They don't want nothing that's going on with with stuff. And I'm not saying I'm an angel. I'm not saying that I ain't did nothing wrong. But I'm just saying, like you know, it's just crazy. When you get an organization, and, and if you don't have an organization that got your back as a player, like what else are you supposed to do with the media? Yeah, you know if they have been more protective. Not saying that they can save every player, because sometimes they fuck up too much, but you can't save yourself. Yeah, but you know it, it is feel good to have an organization that fight for you and be like, nah. But I like these organization these days. You seeing that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, you see the organization tweet something like, <laughs> yeah. This ain't like, it. how the yeah. fuck are you going to label us the jailblazers, bro? Like, think about yeah. that shit. And think that shit okay. Like, and think it's okay. A whole bunch of black dudes, you call them a jailblazer. You got a white guy on the team, right. and you call them a jailblazer. Nobody ever said anything about that. They like, that shit was cool. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, even if y'all got in trouble like that, like, just the stigma around black folks in jail is just out of pocket, yeah. you know? Man, it was totally off. And like I said, I, I came into it, and like I said, I fit the description, but... It's cool. Yeah. I rather stand with my people than stand alone. Yeah. Now, did you go to the projects as soon as you went to Portland? Did you do the same thing or did you Portland get that? No the projects. Did they get that? <laughs> Portland didn't have no problem. Like I said, you barely seen a black person. Yeah. You seen somebody in a grocery store, they look like they look, I'm following them or something. <laughs> You'll never see them around here like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's it. That's interesting. Like we, so, cause, you know, I played in Utah, Demos, for four, four years. And I mean, I don't have extensive like experience in, in Portland, but 
Utah sounds just about the same. Where like yeah. unless you're at, the, probably, yeah. you're at the barber shop or you're in the locker room, you probably yeah. aren't seeing another black face. Utah was kind of different though because they loved the jazz so damn much. That, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they. It's fraternity. Once you were part you of, were, you, you were good. Of it, yes, you were man. good, right? Yeah, you were good. So yeah. it was a little different, but kind of the same, the same thing. Where like you were very aware of, like, damn, you know. And when my folks would come to town, like my mom and dad, because like you get used to that shit. Like I'm looking around, like this is what I see every day. Yeah. But my folks would come to town, and they'd be like, "I haven't seen a black face today." I'm like, "Fuck!" Like yeah. that's. You're right. I just yeah. overlooked that shit because I'm in it every day. Yeah. yeah. And you coming from East St. Louis? Yeah, it's ninety nine percent black. You don't even see no no other race teachers or nothing. Yeah. They don't really be like that. <laughs> but like like she Wallace is one of my favorite players, and he it was like man the way they label him because he got a technical foul like he just committed a crime or something. It's like man he never got in trouble for real off the court. Like they targeted she bro. They they targeted him. And it was just like man, and, and that's his reputation and. They try to make his reputation, make it seem like this man is just a bad guy. But anybody who ever played with him, been around him, or anything, love him. Though. Solid. Yeah. But that's how they'll do you. Damn. So, yeah, man, what can we expect from the Knuckleheads podcast next season, man? Because, I, you know, I, I'm an avid listener. I don't know. You got Weber. You got Steve Francis. Y'all had some great gets. Kobe was is the one. Yeah. What, what can we expect for this upcoming season of Knuckleheads, man? Uh, Just uh. Same positive energy, good stories, good vibes, and uh, just bringing some of them Loch Ness monsters out. Like, I want our things to be big on not just going against people that everybody just want to see and everybody remember, but them guys that real ballers respect. Yeah. You know? And them type of guys, them type of guys that we really want to kind of continue to bring out and, and just show off their game and show why we thought they were special. For sure, man. That's, That's what's, what's up. up. All right, man. Like, we do every single week. With our guests, we have to give a real one of the week out. I will go first. It is a person, an entity, or an organization that won the week. Mine, it's kind of a somber one. You know, I'm known to do the somber ones. I just want to give a, a shout out to Jamal Murray, man. That, that hurts, bro. I heard he injured himself last uh, night, uh, the other night. Yeah. And um, he's, it really messes up the Denver, Denver's chances in the West. But more so, man, like that's one of my favorite players in the league to watch. And it sucks to see him go down like that. So my real one of the week to start, man, is Jamal Murray. Get better, bro. Um, D-Miles, who is your real one of the week? My real one of the week is my Clipper brother, Paul George. Last four games, he's been averaging like 35, going to work on folks. I think they're going to make a push for that chip. Mm. So we're going to see. Mm. Shout out to Paul George. Boom. Okay. Who's your real one of the week, Roger? All right. My real one of the week is um, one prime time Deion Sanders, Fort Myers' very own, um, head coach at Jackson State University. So they lost the other day. Um, to Alabama a yeah. and It was a TV game. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool to see the two, you know, HBCUs going at it um, on primetime. But the real one for me was post-game when they asked him about what was going on and halftime when he pulled no punches and he just gave it to you real. It wasn't that bullshit, like, coach talk that you get typically where they're saying a bunch of stuff but ain't saying shit. Like, he actually let it out um, and critiqued his team and called out what they weren't doing, and I appreciated that. So, real one, Deion Sanders. There we go, man. Yeah, that was a dope game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Make sure y'all uh, check out Knuckleheads wherever you get podcasts. And y'all got the video element on YouTube. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out all of our Ringer pods um, on the Ringer NBA feed. That's group chat. That is mismatch. That is the answer. 
That is, uh, and then go check our, out our other podcast, Ringer Music Show, and R2C2 with who, Raja? Vallejo legend, C.C. Sabathia. <laughs> Damn right. Um, and make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook. We will see you guys on Monday. Talk to y'all soon. Peace.